podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of crime and true crime, because i got to start getting some good true crime stuff going on in here, too. Yeah, I like it when we do our, because we did one Saturday special where we reviewed the Poughkeepsie tapes, that (laughs) that mockumentary. And I, we've had such a huge response for our Saturday spe- that one Saturday special. I think we should do that more often. Which is like not serial killers so much, but you know, some true crime stuff. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, be exactly. Quite interesting. So, Especially around this area, we can oh, you know, yeah. highlight this area first. All right, my name is Scott Alexander, and right across from me is Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Since you bitch about it, that I don't get to let you say hi. Hi, everybody. Happy now? Feel better about I, yourself? I do feel better about myself. I like to be included, Scott. You get to present most of the time. This how's is that? true. I usually present three a week yeah. or four. How, how's that not including you? No, that's because you're lazy and don't want... No. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. He does have a full-time job Monday through Friday. Two plus, full-time jobs. I was going to say, plus your own, you know, the music The music thing. business and everything mm-hmm. like that. Because, you know, everybody else gets to sleep and not me, not so much. Well, it helps that you're an insomniac then, huh? Well, yeah. I'm probably going to end up being featured on our show one day as a serial killer. That's only probably because he killed me. So bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. What you got for me, Tim? Okay. Today I have Gerald and Charlene Gallego. And their moniker, their media name, is kind of two different ones. Uh, the first one was the Love Slave Killer, but Ooh. then it changed to the Sex Slave Killer. Wow. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I kind of like that. It reminds me of a club I was at uh, a little oh, while ago. Stop it. me. Anyways. Didn't, it may have had love slave and sex, sex slave in that club, but I didn't think they'd have killer. No, not so much with the killing. That's okay. kind of uh, against the rules. Yeah. Anyways, so this quote is actually from Oprah Winfrey, but I thought it was fitting. Don't settle for a relationship that won't let you be yourself. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And I'll get into, I mean, this will kind of make sense a little later on, but then maybe not. Um, let's start. And when we do these pairs and couples and stuff, it's like really kind of hard because you can't just start with one background. You kind of have to do, you know, one in the Kind of like Pringles. You can't eat just one. Or is that Lay's? That's, That's Lay's. Lay's. Pringles is pop something. <laughs> yes, it is. Shut up. Anyways. Okay. So I'm going to start with Gerald Armand Gallego. That was his name. I'm thinking very Spanish. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. But if you see his picture, it doesn't look so much. Huh, okay. Yeah, go yeah. for it. I'm actually, I'm thinking maybe Italian. Well, okay. That could be kind of good. Cause I, I'm, to be honest, I, I, I'm kind of getting he tired. He looks very of, Caucasian. Uh, I'm getting tired of all of us white guys being on the show. Because all you white guys are dumb as fuck. No, I'm kidding. Well, because 90% of us are, are, are serial this killers. This is true. Well, that I, is, I'm sorry. That 90% is, of serial killers are white guys. This, this is true because that is documented statistical fact. Yeah. it's just, Come on. I'm going to be white guys too, even though I'm Greek. For God's sakes, guys, let's get those numbers down a little bit. Get the other ethnic backgrounds up a little bit. Come on, let's meet them halfway yeah. here. Excuse me, all you ethnicities out there, can you please start killing people so us white guys don't look so bad? That's what Scott's saying. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> come on. Do me a favor. <laughs> Mexicans, come on. You got to kind of get your numbers up there. Black guys, you too. Yep. You too. 
Don't let me down here. Make us. We got it. This is true. I, I just want. I just want us to go down from the ninety percent because now and in my head, it's all the other ethnicities are looking at all of us white people going, "That fucker's a serial killer." Dude. Look at him. Yeah, he's gotta be, dude. Don't trust him. <laughs> Don't trust him. He's probably looking. Ninety percent of serial killers. What are they, brother? What white? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's run. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, this guy was born on July seventeenth of nineteen forty-six in Sacramento. Okay, it's pretty close to us, actually. Yeah, kind of really. It's just a little bit south. Well, it's, it's south of of Oregon, where you live, and yeah, isn't it straight down I five? Straight down I five. Yeah, you run right into the capital of California. Yeah, I was just say I've driven the I five corridor down to California, and I think I went through Sacramento. So uh, if you went down to SoCal, yeah, yeah, no, went I didn't go that far. Right the fuck through it. Um, but anyways, now according to reports. His mother was raised in an extended family that would include murderers and child molesters. Oh, this is a nurture right off the bat. And they didn't go into what her family members were accused of, but it brought to mind the Weavers. Remember when we highlighted them a couple weeks? Oh, yes. Yeah, when we highlighted the the Weavers back in the episode that's called uh, Family of Killers, episode 12. Yep. And it was posted on July 13th. So listen to that. That was very, right. well, let, very... Let me recap for them real fast. That way there they know the reference. Oh, yeah. The Weavers. So Ward Weaver Third killed two girls in Oregon City, Oregon, which yes. is no... It's about maybe a half hour from where I live. Yeah, it's maybe it's, 35, 40 minutes from where I yeah, live. Yeah, it's very, very close. Very close. And if you uh, look at his dad, who is currently in San Quentin... Yeah, on uh, death row. On death row, he was also, he was a serial killer who was a truck driver and a rapist. Well, he was convicted of murder of two people and rape, but there's suspicion he is a serial killer because they could never prove it. I thought that he had admitted it. All right, anyway, no. I can't remember that part of it. I know, I was But like, then, if you look at his grandfather. Oh, yes. His grandfather had, was, had, he had molested one of his daughters and two of his granddaughters. So it, that's. That's very much nurture. Yeah, it's like the serial killer progression was through the generations as opposed to through the individual. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's what I felt with the Weavers. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's that's the reference we're talking about, boys and girls. All right. So anyways, yeah, so got into that. When he was born, she was actually a prostitute working Sacramento Skid Row, and he even became a runner for her various pimps in the 1950s. So, so he was pretty much employed by his his hooker mom and her pimps. And we're starting off like Mary Bell. Yes. I mean, Mary consider Bell's... he was born in 1946, so the 50s, he was no older than 14 yeah. by the end of it. So Hey, you know, honestly, even though we know, I don't know his whole story yet, I kind of admire him already. And let me tell you why. He was working, unlike some kids today. Who want to yeah, okay, let's look at his work ethic. Okay. Good work about. ethic. Uh, just say it. He might, he's a in the 50s, boy. yeah. Yeah. It's a good work ethic. Yeah. So kudos to you, bud. I love how you always start that. You always find a reason to like them. And then by the end of the show, you're like, fry that motherfucker. Well, because <laughs> everybody, it doesn't matter what serial killer we're talking about mm-hmm. or what person, even if they're, and I hate to say it, even like child molesters, everybody's got at least some redeeming quality. I was going to say, look at Price. Some... We really were impressed. I mean, because he had a good childhood. Right. Yeah. So everybody's got good and bad to them. It just depends on which side of which side of the falls they're going to go for. 
the dark side. Do they succumb to the anger, the greed, and the lust? <laughs> That's right. They come <laughs> over to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> I was almost going to do Yoda, but I can't do it very well. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I can't Yoda so, it up. Gallego even... Okay, I did that already. His father... You ready for his father? Was already incarcerated at San Quentin by the time he was born. But even when he was paroled, he wasn't around. So Gallego never knew his father. He chose his criminal life over that of his family. And in 1955, his father was the first man to be executed in the gas chamber in Mississippi after he killed two police officers during an attempted prison escape. Holy shit. Yeah, so he's kind of a world record. I mean, he's kind of a Mississippi record holder. No kidding. Yeah. Good going, Gerald's daddy. Yeah, which is Gerald something Gallego. I mean, not Gerald Sr., because I can't remember what his middle name is. Whatever the hell his name is. He's dead. Yeah. He's not going to bitch at his name wrong. Gallego would go on to carry on the family tradition that centered around utter rebellion and total disaster. His first run-in with the law happened when he was only six years old. Pandram? No shit. Yeah. These Pandram weighed till seven before yeah, he got I couldn't find out around. exactly what this entailed, and I think it's because... He was six years old and a minor, and a lot of, even if you commit other crimes, some of those can be, you know, like, not expunged, but locked, and you can't get to them. Right, sealed records. Yeah, there you go, sealed. I couldn't think of the word, but even though it was Think of the animal. Shut up. However, after that, his crimes only escalated. I even read one report that he was at least accused, I couldn't find anywhere that said he was charged or sentenced for it, of sexually abusing a six-year-old girl when he himself was 13 years old. Yeah. Okay. Already not liking you, Gerald. Yeah. Now we're done. Yeah, no, because my... I She didn't even get into the second paragraph before I hate you. Well, <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. It's like the serial killers that you present that... You lay on me that they're sexual predators for kids. If if it's an adult, honestly, if you're raping hookers or whatever, well, that's bad. Right. No, this is the only me. mention of a child. So I will give you that one. I mean, I'll give that to you, and I'm not going to say, let me wait. Yeah, still. But yeah, I just want to appease you that this is the only mention of a child. Good, because I can't really handle. Well, ma- we've been doing a lot with kids. Is all a prepubescent child, anyways. It just, it just tears my heart up when, when I hear about that yeah. shit. Did one recently that was, and that one's still playing on my mind. No, it is is mine too. Fucking haunting my. It is mine too. I mean, I every once in a while I'll wake up thinking, "Damn." Okay, but anyways, um, by the time he committed the crimes, we will focus on. He had already been arrested a minimum of twenty-three times. As a result of these arrests, he had already done time in the Fred C. Neller School for Boys. The Preston School of Industry, the Dual Vocational Institute, the Vacaville Medical Facility, and various city and county jails. It sounds like, though, he was spending a lot of time in places that were trying to, honestly, we were just talking about this in the last episode, trying to rehabilitate him. Yeah, because reform schools and stuff like that, technically nowadays, especially after Pansram, have totally changed. They're more regulated, and they do more centered counseling and rehabilitation centers. They're not raping kids. Yeah, exactly. That's it. They're not uh, raping and torturing kids. Yeah, like what happened to Pansram, which I will mention Pansram as often as as I can, because Mm -hmm. that is, he's, you know, I've got my heart dog that I love, which is my pit bulls. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a heart serial killer, and mm-hmm. that would be Pensram. Yes. 
I know, and before Pandora was Bundy, but it's like now it's like you know what Bundy can just step off to the side. Well, see, and the weird thing about that is I had posted a picture of Pandram on Facebook, and somebody goes, "He looks rather normal to me." I said, "You know what?" I said, "Read his story," and I linked him back to our, that web page because if you read his, I said he is by far the one has made the most impact on me. Oh, me too. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, let's, so, let's get back to Gerald, who apparently at 13 years old, like six-year-old girls, just sick fuck. Yeah. So he was considered to be, un- okay, and as he's, you know, into like his teenage years and young adulthood, he was considered to be unquestionably attractive, according to many women. Oh. And some had even said that he had quite a collection of ex-wives. Before he met and married Charlene, God he, no, wait. It. He had already been married six times, and he married one of his wives twice. He's beating you, dude. I knew that was coming. I fucking and saw And Charlene it. was his seventh one. As soon as you started mentioning the collection of ex-wives. You know, I didn't even think about you until after I like wrote out the whole paragraph. I'm like, wait a minute, Scott. I didn't even need to hold up binoculars to see that sucker coming. No. Scott, it had a for those who don't know, outside. Scott has, has been married five times. Four and a half because one was a midget. Yeah. Okay, married and divorced five times. Let's say it that because you're four currently and a half not married. time because because a midget only counts as half. You paid full price. I know, which I think is bullshit. Are you still appealing that? <laughs> I am. I want half my damn money back. I divorced. Have them. you filed a complaint with the credit card company, Scott? I have. Thank you very much. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> that's that's terrible. Now um, watch my that that ex wife's gonna sue me now. Yeah, no. And he was married, actually married to one of one of these wives. Um, when he he and Charlene met and tied them when they got married, so he's basically he was a bigamist. Okay, you know which you know pig is a pig, right? No, no hold on, back the fuck. You up. were not a bigamist. I'm not calling you a. pig. No, no, no. I'm not even saying that. People call bigamous pigs and all kinds of things, but honestly, at the end of the day, if a guy marries a couple of uh, a couple of women, what business is it of anybody's? Okay. My thing is, and I'm only saying this because I already know this guy's history. I'm not saying everybody because I am like addicted to Sister Wives, the TV show. I'm I'm not lying. I'm addicted to that TV show because at the end of the day, is that with the Mormons? Yes. Okay. At the Absolutely. end of the day. This man is just a cheater. He's married to oh one. No, God. listen. He's married to one in the court of law. The others are religious ceremonies. So in essence, he is just an adulterer in the court. I mean, if you look at it publicly and legally. If you look at it legally, but you know what? It's his fucking choice. No, that's what I'm trying to say, though. That's what I'm trying to say is because the courts have always been trying to prosecute him for this. However, legally, he's just a cheater. So are you going to prosecute all cheaters? No, Leave them alone. That's a good point, That's too. what I was trying to say. My thing is, and I, I've watched one or two episodes of The Sister Wives, and then we'll get back into this. We always go off on these tangents. We do, and, but I'm infatuated with but, that. Um, I don't want Cody to call me, but whatever. Yeah, you do. Liar. No, I don't. I, want, I don't want to be his collection. But, okay, so what, from what I understand, part of the responsibility of the husband is you got to take care of all your wives. And your children and, and your everything children. else. Okay, yes. that is your thing. So if you're doing that. Yeah. Okay, you got the one that you're legally married to, then you got your other ceremony wives. Right, the doesn't matter three others, yes. if you have one, two, ten, twenty, a hundred. Doesn't matter if you're doing that. Really, what harm are you doing? Yeah, and you're not marrying your children like Jeffers did. 
you know. Right. But yeah. You know, he's you're... very, I mean, actually, if you watch the show, he is a very good father and husband. And, and, and I'm going to add this and we'll get back on track is that I know a lot of the Christians out there will sit there and go, it's against God. And that's fine. If that's what you believe, that's fine. That's true. But in but you, some yeah. religious beliefs, it's, it's A-OK not. with theirs. So, you and, know, I, I believe yeah. in mutual respect. You know, I, I respect y'all for whatever you believe in. Right. And what you believe is you is what you believe. However, it, I yeah. expect to be respected as well for my beliefs. Well, and not and just I, that. And then that, that doesn't mean, by the way, that I'm going to go out and marry uh, ever again, number one, or, or marry five or ten women. That's just not my No, goal. he just chooses one at a time. But no, and that's to say also, you know what? As long as they are not hurting anybody in the process, I don't see really what's, what is the problem there. It's my thing on it. All right. Okay. So let's now. talk about Gerald. No, I'm done with Gerald for now. Let's talk about oh. Charlene. Hey, Charlene. How you doing? There's a country song about you, by the way. There is? Yeah. What sh- what song is about Charlene? Oh, my God. From the, I think it was like the 80s and the 90s. Billy Bob, Billy Bob love Charlene. Uh, oh, yeah, John yeah, Deere yeah. Green. Yeah. By, I think it was Joe Diffie. Yes. On a hot summer night. Yes, I remember Bob now. Love Charlene. That one. Yeah. John Deere, I love, yeah, I remember. And how the, yeah, the water tower, yeah, I got it. Head anyway, full of fucking music. <laughs> you do, you do. Anyway, she was born, her her maiden name is Charlene Adele Williams on October 10th of 1956. So she's younger than him, like 10 years, I think, in Stockton, California, to Charles and Mercedes Williams. Now, these two are going to play a little part a little later on, but her upbringing was the polar opposite of his. Some might even go so far as to say it was fairy tale in comparison. Her father had worked, I said world, but had worked his way through the ranks of the grocery industry. And he went from being a supermarket butcher to holding an executive position with a national grocery store chain. Wow. Yeah. So, Good I mean, job, Charlene's dad. Yeah, that just to show the work ethic ethic and everything and, and polar the, opposite from gerald's dad 100 i mean not even in yeah, the same like zip said, code fairy tale <laughs> um so charlene was an only child being raised in the very affluent arden park neighborhood of sacramento she had an iq of 160 which is high i'm not saying yeah, it's no, high high but it's high pretty damn high yeah yeah and was considered a violin prodigy Many thought she was going to make an extraordinary impact in her life. Little did they know it wouldn't be for the what they assumed. Already breaking my heart because now you're talking about a fellow musician. Fellow musician, very intelligent person. Breaking my um, heart already. Had Jesus the world Christ. before her that I mean, the world was her oyster, basically. You know, she could have done anything in this world. So, sometime after she began high school. She started to display her fondness for drugs, alcohol, and sex. However, I'm not saying this bad. No, because I did drugs I and say, alcohol and, and sex when I was in high this school. Too, that she ended up, well, she ended up barely graduating from high school, flunked out of college, and was married and divorced twice before she met Gallego. Well, she's trying to okay. keep up with him. You know what I mean? She's like trying to yeah. set Dude, the standard here. Exactly. I'm 10 years behind you. I'm going to catch up. Uh, okay, with all that being said, and this is what I'm going to say here. She's not the first female or person in history, for that matter, to rebel and stray away from the straight and narrow path. I did it. You did it. I'm an angel. Thank you very much. 
you just admitted <laughs> that you were high in your human anatomy classes. Yeah, yeah pretty in much In our was. last episode. I'm not going to lie. You said it. Yeah. I, most, I, I'm still surprised that I even graduated, to be honest, much less that I you know, held ABs in, in all my classes. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and so basically, you know, I went on to say that not everyone that rebels falls into the grips of sexual sadism. And we know it's sexual sadism because the title. Well, yeah, that's so a given. That's yeah. I did, it's not like I'm, you know, spoiler alert there. Um, perhaps, as some may suggest, the choices that led up to her actions were a result. And they've actually said this. A lot of people have. And I'll get into a little bit more later that she was just a spoiled little girl struggling with an inner tor- turmoil and she did not know how to deal with it. Oh, oh, I can relate to that. Yes. 100%. Yeah, because, I mean... I have a child Exactly. Like I mean, I'm not saying just because she was spoiled and came from an affluent family this was going to happen. I'm saying because she came from this affluent family and everything was given to her and she was struggling with this stuff, she didn't know how to deal with it because it wasn't be- the help wasn't being given to her. She didn't know how to ask. Well, yeah, she didn't have the, the, the skill set yes. to deal with, with, with the shit right. she was going and this through. Is, this is what I'm going to say now, but I'm going to say I'm going to expand on this a little bit later. Um, so let's move on to them as a couple. OK, Gallego met Charlene one night in September of 77 at a rundown poker bar in Sacramento. She would later say that she thought he was a clean cut man who was also very nice. They always start oh, off nice. Jesus Christ. Why do they even bother to say that? Yeah. Let's not get in my ex-husband. But he would say he, he, he went on to say he was attracted to her blonde hair and p- petite figure. It was barely a couple days after that, their first meeting, that he sent her a dozen roses with a card that simply read to a very sweet girl. Oh, okay. Okay, I'd say that's sweet, but don't send me roses. No, Nobody. hold on. That was very nice. It's very gentlemanly. Yeah. Gerald, seriously, that's a fucking awesome move, brother. That's kind of romantic. That that's very that's you did you done good with that one. I that's Until awesome. the next sentence. Within a few weeks they were living together and that's when he would show his true colors. God damn it. I know. I was going to say, let me finish my sentence, dude. Gerald, dude. Yeah. I just now had such high hopes for you that this was going to turn out differently. Like, I, I understand the sexual oh, sadism say part. that she was the perpetrator and he was the one following along? I was hoping. Yeah, no, not going to be the case here. Damn buddy. it, Gerald. Yeah. No. Anyways, she was working as a clerk at a supermarket, which, you know, they don't make very much money as a, like a checkout clerk or whatever. I don't know what they make. Oh, to be I was going to say back then. I mean, I used to work in a department store. And we, I didn't make hardly anything, and there. And she was also their main source of income. So basically, he's not working anymore, Scott. He went from being a runner to a lazy bum. I was just going to say, Gerald, Gerald, buddy. Yeah, come dude, on. Before you were fourteen, you were fucking awesome. Now you're a dick. You had your shit together, man. Go out there and commit some crimes. Be a yeah. runner. You know, if you have to, well, maybe even suck some dick. Well, he's thirty-one years old by this time. You're thirty-one, seven, man. Yeah. You trust me, man. You can you can pull your weight, suck some dick or something. Your mom <laughs> did it. She made money. Just saying, follow in the family footsteps. Help you help, help your woman out. Just saying. And we're done. <laughs> that is the rest of our every show. No. I'm sorry. No. I'm just going with history. He's got a history of, yes. of crime, right? Yes. Um, I mean, his, at least go out there and commit a crime to get some his, money. Don't his just mom, make your wife do it. His mom was a hooker, mm-hmm. so he knows that industry. Mm-hmm. He's running for pimps. 
I'm telling you, man, he could have gone on if he's a good-looking guy. He could probably give him some head well, and, and made some money. I was going to say, or, you know, opened a female escort business. It didn't have to turn into sexual sadism or anything. Just female no. escorts. That's true. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. I'm going to take back the giving blowjobs for money statement. You could have ran your bitches. I'm not sa- well, I'm not going to say, you know, been a pimp, but a female escort. Let's keep it on the legal side. Fine. <laughs> you, you set up a business. Because some pimps where- are rather rude. Let's not talk about Iceberg Slim. But yeah, I have no fucking idea who that is. Oh, dude, you need to read his book, Pimp. It's really good. No, I don't. Yeah, because it do. sounds too much like rap music, and I hate rap. No, it was really good. Okay, whatever. Anyways, Just, t- tell me about fucking Charlie Anywho. and Joe. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, whenever she would receive her paycheck, she was to immediately hand the money over to him. He told her exactly what she could wear every day and made no point to hide the fact that he was far from faithful to her. Good going, man. That's awesome. That's how a woman should be treated. I'm kidding. Oh, my no, God. No, I'm going to hit you right You're gonna, now. You're going to, like, shoot me or no. something. Next on Brutal I won't, Nation. I because I know he's just kidding. But no, I am. I despite don't... all of this obviously abusive behavior, she still found him to be very exciting, not to mention substantially more interesting than her previous two husbands. It makes sense. It does. She even found the way he talked about his fantasy of having disposable sex slaves to be darkly intriguing. That also makes sense. You're probably wondering why, huh? Why? No, I'm thinking of the sunstrip, Sunset Strip Killers, but we haven't featured them yet. We, we've, we've researched them, but we haven't featured them. Oh, no, I'm not even thinking about that. Here's what I'm thinking. Here she comes from, you know... A well-to-do family. Kind of sheltered. Not even, even if she wasn't sheltered. Where everything is just glamour and lights and Cinderella oh, and bullshit. yeah, that's true. <clears throat> and uh, now you have something that is totally the opposite. Sometimes fear is sexy. This is true. Like, seriously, you yeah, know. Yeah, I was always I, attracted to bad boys. I was with that chick who tried to stab me. And I'll tell you what, it was kind of hot. No, and I, I had to get a restraining order because I didn't want to die, to be honest, because I'm not that stupid. But with kind of being worried a little bit that I might not make it the next day, that's kind of hot. Don't give me that look. No, I Everybody's just, got something fucking weird about they them. They do. And, and I'm that You weird. know what's surprising about this is I know that, but that still kind of shocked me a little bit. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, to each his own. Everybody's got what turns them on. And this is true. This is true. You know, and maybe that little hint of danger. Yes. Was, uh, and my my first ex-wife, Maritza, and I, we talked about this. One of the things that attracted her to me was that I was the total bad boy. Yes. Like I said, I've attracted to bad boys, too. Yeah. And because she came from kind of the same situation. Yeah. You know. So, and I'm an adrenaline junkie, junkie so it doesn't help. So. I'm just a junkie. <laughs> that doesn't use anymore. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so now everything begins. On the morning of September 11th, 1978, Charlene was actually two months pregnant and dealing with a lot of morning sickness. Oh, yeah. Which I can understand. I had morning sickness for six out of eight months. So when Gallego woke her up, he told her he had plans for the day that she was going to help him carry out. The couple had a... 73 Dodge conversion van, you know, the one with the mountains all airbrushed on the side like windows. Like a fancy Chimo van. Yeah, like and a it was kind of van. brown in color. And I saw the picture of it. It's like really weird. 
Yeah. I'm impressed already. I like you yeah. very much. Yeah. Anywho, remember those fans back in the day? Those are awesome. Yeah. Anyways, I'd love to have um, one that says and they drove it. it over to Sacramento Country Club Plaza, which is a shopping center, before he gave her an assignment. She was to get out of the van, find two girls who would make good sex slaves, and lure them back to the parking lot and into the van where he would remain waiting. I'm speechless. I know. I was waiting for you to say something. Because but I'm she's shocked. actually going to go through with this, obviously. But that's... Wow. Okay. There's a difference be- between being attracted to the bad boy and then uh, being there where you're like, hey, this is what you're going to... Okay. And you're two months but pregnant. But then she found that intriguing about him, too. Yeah, but there's a but, difference yeah, there's between a difference intriguing between and intriguing. criminal activity. Yeah, there's a difference between intriguing because you're hearing about it, and even if he went and did it himself, hearing about it later, than opposed to actually Doing involved it. in procuring these. Right. Yeah. You know, it's no different than watching like a horror movie, you know? True. It's intriguing, and I love watching, you know, and people who like me that like horror films. But you don't want to be in a real life one. Yeah, I don't want to be in a real life one either as the killer. Or the victim. This Either one. Why? Because you wouldn't look good screaming on TV. I would scream like a little girl. I know I would. And I'd probably pee myself. You'd be like. He would be a little bitch. You would be looking around <laughs> going, there's another girl in the forest. <laughs> Who is it? And there's me going, ah, ah. He's Scott. like that he sees a spider. So I can imagine what I it'd be like with a kid. I, I knew he could scream high, but Jesus Christ. Uh, Scotty, do you have a vagina? There's a killer. Ah. <laughs> That would be me. <laughs> totally. But yeah, that's why I don't want that in my life. So that's why I was saying there's there's a there's that line. Yeah, there is a line. There yeah. is a line. Oh fuck. Yeah. Well, it does go on to say that you know when she got out of the van, she was really kind of nervous. Um, she didn't know if her hesitancy was due to the fact that she might be unsuccessful or due to the fact that she might get caught because she was kind of scared of him and scared of the law. That's the sexual attraction part. Yeah. We just went over that. Yeah. Yeah. So, however, when he told her she was taking way too long and she, uh, she'd do what she was told or else, oh, if she knew what was good for her, she quickly honed in on two suitable options. It's like, okay, he just told me he's going to whoop my ass. So, there's two people. You know, <laughs> better um, than me. Yeah, the girls she had chosen were 17 year old Rhonda Scheffler and 16 year old Kippy Vought. Vought? Vought? V A U G H E? I think it's Vought. Vought. Yeah. Or Voight. Oh, yeah, that could be too. Who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when they chose to go shopping and have some fun that day. Charlene looked like she was around their age. So she's kind of younger looking for her age. So when she came up to them and asked if they'd like to smoke some weed with her, they didn't think anything of it. That makes sense. Well, and back in the 70s, that was common. Very. I mean, I wouldn't walk up to somebody on the streets and say, want to smoke some weed? They'd think I was a cop. Um, I might. Depends on the girl. Depends on where I'm at. I'm like, hey, baby, you want to smoke some dank ass weed with me? Dude, that's like, come here, little girl, get in my van, I have some candy. How do you think I get dates from even the old folks' homes? Because they don't allow <laughs> weed in there. Because you push their wheelchair around for them, they have no choice. Except that I don't, I don't go, hey, baby, I have to talk louder. Hey, baby, <laughs> do you want to smoke the marijuanas with me? And they're like, yes, I'll do that. And then I push so them out to the van, my Chimo van. You're so fucking stupid. <laughs> 
Um, so they readily follow her to the parking lot and the van where Gallego was laying in wait with a twenty-five caliber pistol. That's Isn't a, that just a little tiny thing? That, that's only like about four well, inches long. Because a twenty-two long. is like little, little, and then a twenty, a twenty-five is a little bit bigger. Uh, and caliber-wise, but the gun, a twenty-five is normally just a really small, compact, like you can throw it in your purse. There's oh, okay. Some, See, I've never I seen, don't know. I've never that seen much a larger gun, one, so you know. But I've seen larger twenty-twos. Oh, okay. So they weren't. They actually were taken a little off guard, so it was easy for the couple to subdue them. Um, he secured their hands and feet with some tape and told her to keep an eye on them while he drove. Duct tape, guys. Duct tape fixes everything. Just saying. Well, no. And did you know, though? Little known fact, and I'll give this clue out there to all women who are being abdu- who might have an abduction, is that if they don't wrap so much duct tape, you can actually... Slam your hands down and pull apart at the same time. There's and perforations. It rips it. Huh? There's perforations yes. in duct tape. Yeah. Yeah. So just just so you guys know out there, there is a way to get out of duct tape. So guys, zip ties. Dude, you're so fucking stupid. Just trying to help out, man. Yeah. Um, so he actually drove east on I-80 towards the Sierra Nevada mountains until he reached Baxter, California, which I don't know where any of these places are, but I'm assuming it's in this over by Sacramento, kind of. Yeah, it's pretty close. I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I've been over 80 going into like Reno or anything. Yeah, because it does lead straight into Reno. I know that. Yeah, and actually it runs all the way through Utah, but... Okay, well... um, I'm going to say it's probably maybe 60 miles outside of Sacramento is what I'm thinking. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. If I remember, it's, it's yeah. right about that. Don't. It's not an exact measurement. No, so don't no, no. Me. So that's when they actually got off the interstate, and Gallego drove them deeper into the foothills. So, like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, when he found an ideal location, he left with the girls, the gun, and a sleeping bag, and told Charlene to wait. Oh, okay. Okay. This is she did, did as she was told, and when he. Returned several hours later, he ordered her to take the van and go into Sacramento to visit some friends in an effort to establish an alibi. So he stayed there with the girls, told her to drive the van back to Sacramento so people would see her in Sacramento. Right. You know, so if it ever came up that, hey, these girls are missing, nobody would say, oh, maybe you should look into blah, blah, blah. You know, especially if somebody said, I saw them get into a brown van. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So there we go. So that was that whole thing when she came back she was to drive their oldsmobile not the van so instead of bringing the van back bring back the car so it doesn't you know yeah it makes sense yeah because you need the van for the abducting right and you need the olds for the alibi pretty much and the fact that the you know i saw the van in sacramento it couldn't have been them you know yeah makes sense yeah okay so she would do exactly what she was told. And when she got back to the wooded area, Gallego actually told the girls to get into the backseat of the Oldsmobile. He would ride with them there as he gave Charlene directions on where to drive. Okay. All the while he was talking as he, as if he planned on letting the girls go at that time. He was like, you know, I'm just going to drive you over here, drop you off, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, however, when he finally told Charlene to stop the car, he forced the girls to get out, hit them over the head with a tire iron, and then shot them both. Jesus. Okay. Well, this is thorough, right? Yeah, I guess so. Now, let's move on. <laughs> um, the couple decided after this murder would be a good time for them to go to Reno 
to get married. <laughs> and so so they could get out of California for a little bit. Um, her parents didn't want her to be associated with the name Gallego, so they stepped in to help out. They told her to take her cousin's birth certificate and give him, let him use that to get identification under an assumed name. That name would be Stephen Robert Fail, F-E-I-L. Charlene's father even pulled some strings to get Gallego a job driving a truck for a Houston grocery store. However, settling into a working job was not his cup of tea. Well, no, he's never had a real yeah. working job. He quickly I mean. lost interest, and they ended up in Reno the following spring anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Probably driving through some Elvis place, but whatever. Or is that more Vegas? That's Vegas. And what's wrong with getting married by Elvis? Dude, I didn't say there was. I'm just saying, just why go through a drive th- Oh, drive through is more convenient because you can hurry up and go get drunk afterwards. And plus, you can probably get a burger and a soda. <laughs> okay, we're done. I'm <laughs> just saying. Okay. After they were married, things seemed somewhat normal for a while. Um, he managed to get and hold a job as a driver for a meat distributor. And she got a job working in an office of another distributor. So, however, by June, that normalcy was over. He left his job, and with so much free time on his hands, he was able to come up with a new plan. He still wanted his sex slaves. Now, this part's confusing to me. Isn't a sex slave entail long-term, not just for the immediate raping? That's all I want to know. You would think so. Okay, that's all I wanted. I just had to clarify that in my own head. Um, he decided the best place to find the slaves would be at the Washoe County Fair. Now, remember, they're in Reno area now. Right, right. Okay, I would think it'd I, be Walmart or Costco because they sell everything. But go ahead. I just wanted to clarify for people they weren't back in Sacramento. That's all I wanted, but you had to take it somewhere else. <laughs> so, almost... Out of the fair and heading home were 14-year-old Brenda Judd and 13-year-old Sandra Colley. Oh. Yeah. That's where Charlene stopped them and asked them if they wanted to make a few extra dollars helping her distribute ad flyers in the parking lot. You know those things you find on your windshield that you just throw away? Yeah. Um, And when they agreed to help her, she told them she had to stop by her van just to grab a few more. The three girls made their way to the van with Gallego was actually following not far behind them. And when they arrived, he pulled his gun on them, uh, taped them up and again headed for I-80, making a quick stop to pick up a hammer and shovel on the way. Ooh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't like him anymore. Yeah. He actually drove again east on 180. Apparently he likes eastbound 180. And no, ended up in the foothills near the Mustang Ranch with, if, for those who don't know, it's a famous brothel. It is. right off of 180, and everybody goes to the Mustang exit. You mean I-80. Just saying, I-80. Yeah. What yeah. did I say, 180? Yeah, you said 180. Okay, I meant I-80. Days, Interstate and, 80, yeah. Yeah, but it's like right off there, and if you say the Mustang exit, everybody knows where it is. Right, it's just a yeah. little bit east of, uh, of Reno. Yeah. Yeah. Once they were well on their way, he actually made Charlene start driving so that he could begin assaulting the girls in the back of the van. This time he was more controlled and he took his time with them. All while Charlene kept driving further into the hills of Nevada. So she's basically just driving away while he's back there, like, 
repeatedly raping these girls. Jamie Christmas. Which means she had to sit there and listen to their screams and they're, you know, they're crying and they're begging and doing nothing, which I'll get into a little bit later, but yeah. I just don't think I could never do it. I don't care how abusive he was. Um, he eventually took control of the wheel again, telling her she was driving way too fast. Okay, you're driving way too fast. I don't want to get caught. Let me drive. Basically. <laughs> That's what I saw. Um, once he found a secluded place to pull off the road and stop the car, he led each of the girl of the two captives one by one away where he used the, his brand new tools to murder and bury him. So he hit him with the hammer to kill him and then buried him afterwards. That is fucked up. Yeah. Shooting him is one thing. So that's pretty quick, but yeah, that's just that's Jack. Thing. Yeah, I'll. There's more to this later, but yeah. The next morning, when they made it back to Reno, Charlene dutifully cleaned out the van, and they both paid attention to the news reports to see if anything would be mentioned. Now, Brenda and Sarah had actually both been, and this is the media. This is why I'm mentioning this part because I believe the media although can be beneficial, can also be a hindrance. I agree. Okay. Now, Brenda and Sandra had both been reported missing. However, there was some confusion between them and another couple of girls who actually chose to run away and join the carnival that ran the rides at the fair. Oh, okay. Okay, so two of the girls chose to run away, and these two girls were abducted, and the media kept getting them, you know, kind of like, Screw that all up to add confusion. So in the long run, nobody was really looking for these girls for a while. Well, yeah. That's... You know? Good so, job, media. Yeah. So and you know what gets me? They're still doing such a bang-up job to this day. Yeah, because nothing really... It says on that um, <laughs> even after the confusion was cleared up, nothing came out of their disappearance. Nothing. Yeah, the media does the yeah. same shit. This, so this, basically, this, those right. parents are the only ones like, where are my kids? Why isn't anybody doing anything? Right. That's what I thought of. I agree. Yeah, so eventually, I mean, within a couple months, they felt like it was safe for them to leave Reno and go back to Sacramento. So you know what? They're not the bear, the Carsons. Who would just pick up and leave right away? Right. They actually stuck around, you know, to they, see if any heat would come. As on. I said, they didn't skitter off to a yeah. hideout in Grants Pass. Or yeah, anything. they didn't run away. Um, now they ended up going back to Sacramento, and things settled down again for a little bit. And he found because he actually found someone else to intrigue him sexually, which didn't bother Charlene because she he could be very demanding sexually. And get quite frustrated when he couldn't perform. So basically, he couldn't get it up. Yeah, I yeah. got that one. Yeah, well, I was just explaining to some other people who might. Little know. ED there, you limp dick bastard. Yeah, well, I'll explain why in a little bit. I think why. While having normal intercourse. So the nov- but then the novelty of a new female in his bed gave way to boredom and led to ne- the need to have some more excitement. And I believe that's why he couldn't get it up. No, I agree. So there's actually, um, and I, I'm trying to think of what it was called, but there's an affliction to where a guy can't get it up unless he's, for example, like watching porn. Oh yes, I've heard of that. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's a real thing because that's well, the stimuli that your brain yeah, gets used to. Yeah, and I've to. actually heard some psychologists say that a normally impotent man. Sometimes can be satisfied 
sex, you know, have sexual gratification without actually getting it up when he performs violent acts. Is no, what I've there's heard. that, yeah, there, because that's a different type of sexual stimuli. Right, exactly. So, anyways, um, that's when he told Charlene they needed two more love slaves. So now we're on to six, right? This is this will be six. Yep, this yeah. is six. They, all count, they come in pairs, two yes. by two, like Noah's Ark. Yeah. While he's why he's why he suddenly went from calling them love slaves. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait. Oh, why he suddenly went to, to calling them love slaves from sex slaves is beyond me. Like the first two pairs, they were sex slaves. Now all of a sudden, they're love slaves. Like that makes it any I can better. Explain it. <laughs> I mean, I I put in here if it's not like he could make it sound more dignified or less horrific for his victims. No, you exactly got it. It's called minimizing. Okay. He's minimizing the act. It's like when uh, we brought this up before, I believe. Like if you back into a pole and not directly saying, hey, I hit a pole with the car. Right. And saying, okay, well, this is what was happening, you know, and trying to kind of. It's just a little tiny bump in the bumper when really it's, you know, you're just trying to minimize it. That's Okay, so he's minimizing in his own head, not trying to make it sound better to his victims. Right, exactly. Not going around saying, you know what, I'm only doing this because I want you as a love slave. Yeah, no. He's, okay. He, he's totally minimizing. Now I understand a little bit. Not get just it now. in his own head, but to uh, to Charlene as well. Okay. No, I get it now. I understand. I understand in a like an intellectual level, but not on a you know gotcha, psychotic gotcha. level. A psych you know a psychology le- level is Whoa. what I meant to say. <laughs> okay. I think that your side of the uh, studio here needs to have a cage psych- around you. I think he's just psychotic. That's no, what I'm your real your realness is coming out. Just psychotic up. level there. Shut up. On April twenty fourth, nineteen eighty, they went to the parking lot of the Tower Records in Sacramento to hunt for their next victims. When they noticed the area had quite a few police officers around. So they drove over to Sunrise Mall in Citrus Heights, which was outside of Sacramento. You know, so they figured that would be a safer place since they found their first couple of victims at a mall. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I would think because Tower Records is like a smaller store as opposed to a mall, which has tons of stores, bigger parking lot. Was. I miss Tower Records. I miss Tower Records, too. But, you know, bigger parking lot, parking garages, all that place, you know, to blend in. Yeah. Okay. Although Stacy Ann Redican and Karen Twiggs, that was their name, were intelligent 17-year-old girls, they apparently weren't that wise, like streetwise, I would say, to realize that Charlene's offer of free drugs and a ride to where they needed to go wasn't such a good idea. So, hold on. Does it say how she, uh, did she walk around going, drugs, free drugs, here? No, I'm assuming she did, like, the first two be like, hey, you know what? You want to go smoke some weed with me in the car? Oh, okay. I just thought maybe she's, like, uh, trying to sell peanuts <laughs> no. at a ballpark. You know, free drugs. drugs. Get your drugs here. Get your drugs here. Like, we have. Like a we barker, got uppers. carnival barker. Yeah, we got uppers, downers, sideways. Do you want cocaine? We have that, too. You know, that type of thing. We're going, hey. Yeah. Little girl, do you want some drugs? Oh, yeah, drugs? but this is what's even weirder about this situation is that when he, when Gallego showed them his 357 Magnum, because apparently he had upgraded. Now, yeah, what kind of, upgrade. is that bigger? No, way bigger. Okay. Like I said, I don't know what these look like. <laughs> um, showed them his 357 Magnum and told Charlene to drive. They actually seem more curious as opposed to scared. 
Like, dude, maybe they were already on LSD or something. I think they had an RDB high. That's what I was thinking. It's like, dude, why would they go, whoa, dude, big gun. My, what a big gun you have. Yeah, it's almost as if they thought it were a game. According to Charlene in her statements later, they did quickly figure out that he wasn't playing and they were in danger. Um, Because, well, it'll get into why. And once again, you know where they were going? Um, hold on. I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark. East on 80 towards Reno. Baxter, maybe? Uh, well, it doesn't say where they ended up, really. But, oh, yes, it does. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. East on eight, I-80. <laughs> I-80. I know. I, I corrected myself. While well, he got in the back and repeatedly raped the girls. And actually, while he was raping them, he would shout out driving directions to her. Okay, look. I know that I can multitask, but you know what I can't do while I'm having sex? In the back of a van, know exactly where the fuck you are? You know what I can't do in my own bedroom while having sex? I can't have a conversation like that. I can't be, you know, plowing away, sitting there going like... On the phone to your buddy saying, no, dude, turn right. (laughs) Or giving cooking instructions. Hey, add a pinch of basil to that, will you? And uh, it needs just a a little pinch of salt, too. No, baby, you're great. You're fantastic. Oh, God, yeah, I'm getting it. Because that distracts you from your task and you lose it, right? Exactly, because then I'm thinking about cooking. You know, uh, no, you baked that at 350. No, baby, you're fine. You're fine. No, we're going to keep going. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that was just like really weird to me. That's yeah. Yeah. That's two different thought processes yeah. going on there. Anyways, apparently they ended up at Limerick Canyon near Lovelock. I know where Lovelock is in Nevada. I don't know where Limerick Canyon. Well, is. apparently it's near Lovelock. Well, apparently it is. OK. Yeah. Just like the first time he took each girl away separately, killed them both using the hammer. However, this time afterwards, she made sure he didn't keep the weapon as she threw them out the window on their way back to Sacramento. <sighs> okay, let me explain why that's stupid. Uh, yeah, I know, I know why it's stupid, but I see where she was coming with it because oh, no, I think she I thought he would stop it's or a, at least slow down. It's a bunch of freaking open desert. I dig that, but let's just say hypothetically that some dude is out there, and he's just kind of wandering around. And he comes about some disturbed earth yes. that may, might just look like a grave or two. Yes. Let's say that he reports it. Right. It is so easy to see that shit. You, you just put evidence out in the open. Oh, you yeah. Mean? You threw a bloody hammer out there that probably has your fingerprints on it. You think? That's all I'm saying. Yes. And probably some epithelials. Yeah. Well, see, and my whole thing was I see why she, what she was thinking, but she didn't think it through. No. No, she did. Yeah. So, Charlene, you're kind of a dumbass. Kind of a dumbass. Anyways, she had, she ended up having an abortion when she was pregnant the year before. Remember when she was pregnant? Okay. And she's going to ask about that. Where's she, the baby? Yeah, she had an abortion. And, but she once again realized she was pregnant again. So, but she was afraid to tell him, as she didn't know how he would react. Charlene, Charlene, do you know how that shit happens? I'm just right, saying. dude. This, I know. You know well, I know some people here. who have had multiple children and still don't know. Jesus so Christ. She man. was afraid to tell him because she didn't know how he'd react. But act, when she actually finally got up the nerve to let him know, she was rather shocked when he seemed to be thrilled with the idea. Because apparently he wasn't thrilled the last time. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, now, the idea that he could create life... Fed his growing ego. 
Because he had already gotten away with six murders. Right. Yeah. So he was probably thinking he was fucking God. I can't even see him. Well, because, you know, he's not paying child support, so. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't say he has any other children, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Um, apparently the... Oh, I, I did that already. Well, that and the fact that the facade of a happy family was an excellent cover for his sick perversions. Makes sense. We said BTK before. BTK. Um, there's a lot of them out there, actually. Green River. Yeah, Green River. I um, mean, yeah. That, well, let's just get back into. The I was going to say, there's a lot of them out there. There, that there do is. That, I mean, if that you have think perfectly about it, happy, happy families. I'm using air quotes, by the way. Well, yeah, BTK would have never been killed or caught because he would never been caught if he didn't use the damn church typewriter. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the whole thing right there, because he had... And then brag about by writing the letters, first of all. Very, very normal acting mm-hmm. guy. And granted, his wife did find out, because she came home once, and I, I saw this on a documentary, uh, or some shit, where he was choking himself. Yes, but that's just audiophyxia, which, I right. mean, we talk about David Carradine had that. Right, you know, so... But even with that, it doesn't scream serial killer. It, in her mind, it was more like, it seemed to me like, it was like... Okay, this is because they were like really Christiany. Um, you know, this is against God, and right. you're a sick man, and yeah. we, need, we need to get you some help. Yeah. That's what if he do. never would have fucking wrote the letters to the media and the police, and used the church typewriter, he'd still be at large. He'd be still at large. He'd still be enjoying this time. Yeah, he's I'm probably just thinking, "What the fuck did I do that for?" He's like, "Hey, but I should have listened want, to Scott." They wanted like let it be known what they're doing. Like they're freaking taunting people. Oh, I've got one for Test you. Test me if you can. Yeah, I got one for that. But go ahead. Yeah. Anywho, um, he even took this opportunity to marry her again under the fail alias. That was the one that her dad, dad gave her him. mom and dad gave the, you gotcha. know, told them to have him. Yeah, yes. Just to loop back so everybody understands. Yes, that's the alias. of. That's actually her cousin's name, by the way. Yeah. I he thought felt, it was illegal to marry your cousin. Yeah, well, apparently not if it's your husband taking your cousin's Unless name. Unless you're in Arkansas. That, and then that's just okay an arranged marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep being the family. Family lays felt, together, stays together. Yeah, he felt that a new marriage using his new identity to start a new family would be a way for him to shed his old identity, and he actually seemed to be more relaxed. Relaxed and careless. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. you become complacent. Yeah. Yeah. And you figured new name, new identity. They don't know who the fuck I am. Right. But yeah, you don't change your fingerprints. The stupid thing. You don't change your DNA. I was going to say, you got those two things. And the major stupid thing is they don't even know who you are now, Gerald, at this point. They don't know that you've killed these people. Yeah, these six people. And guess what? They don't give a fuck who you are right now because they don't yeah. know that you killed these six people. Exactly. But they're not going to know it's me. You know, Dumbass. <laughs> exactly. So my next the next section I titled New Identity, New Family, Old Habits. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So in nineteen in June of eighty, uh, the couple was living as the Fail family, and they were on vacation in Reno, Oregon. Oh, get the hell out! No. Wait, 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 hold on. Were they in Forest Grove area, next to a Catholic church? No. I'm just asking for a friend. It doesn't actually say where they were. <laughs> but, God, I hope not, because I was only five back then. 
Uh, that was were... right after Mount Hood erupted. June of 80. It erupted in May of 80. Wait a minute. Mount Hood erupted? I mean, Mount Helens. That's St. Helens, okay. Yeah, Mount St. Helens erupted in May of 80. God dang, you had my brain working. I don't remember that erupting. No, Hood never erupted. I apologize to Mount Hood. But yeah, that was like right now after Mount the Hood's eruption. Which, but then if they're in Southern Oregon, it might not have made that much difference. Because I know in Western Washington County area, it was snowing ash. But when it happened, it was all over the media. Like the newspapers That's covered true it. Too. News coverage. But I was thinking, why would, I mean, because so. even in June, we were still having ash fall that year. I, I'll never forget it. I say it's the ash fault. For the fail family. I was just saying, I never, re- I mean, I'll never forget it because, you know. What a piece of ash. Yeah. Well, because I was on my, I was at the bus stop when it started like coming down. We thought, oh my goodness, what's that? And then we realized it was like not water. Yeah, not snow. Yeah. And then my mom actually came and told us there's no school today. Mount St. Helens erupted. So. Damn. Yeah. That's so right. they were, like I said, they were on vacation in Oregon when they spotted their next victim one this time. On June 7th, he spotted a lady by the name of Linda Aguilar walking down the highway and decided he had to have her right then and there. I'm going to say right now, very disappointed. Why? Because it's been two by two by two by two, and now you're going for a single. Okay, but wait. There's more. No, he, he's failing at his job. I'm just saying. <laughs> Dude, you're a fucking slacker. That, exactly. Yeah. Fucking slacker, man. But anyways, this is what was odd about this whole thing is despite the fact she wasn't even his usual type, she was 21 years old, so she wasn't like wasn't that a teenager. teenager years. She had dark hair as opposed to, I mean, some of the other girls had darker hair than the blonde hair, but he still preferred the like lighter colored hair. Right. Okay. Um, she had dark eyes and she was obviously pregnant. Yeah, that's not his normal... Not his type at all. That's fucked up. Yeah, so it's like... It's like... But he... He's, it's like he's he was like, I have to have her right now. Which was, you know, very impulsive, too. Not so much methodical, making Charlene go get her. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, when he pulled up next to her and asked her if she wanted a ride, she was tired from walking, so she accepted the offer. And back in 80, that was normal. Mm-hmm. You know? She already knew the, Charlene already knew the routine. So she was ready when he ordered her to drive while he began raping his new victim. They found a secluded spot to park the van and Charlene got out and walked around while he continued to rape her, rape Linda. Okay, I'm going to take a hike now. Pretty much. Have fun. Oh, Be yeah, back it in gets even sicker late, a little bit later. But when he was done with her, he took her further off the roadway, struck her in the head with a rock, and then strangled her to death. God Instead of beating damn. her, you know, like striking their head to kill her, this time he was like hands on, you know. That's definitely Because strangulation is a more personal way mm-hmm. to murder, you know, which I'll get into in another episode. But since Linda was known to actually be a free spirit, authorities just thought she had wandered off and would be back when she was ready. So... Nobody really thought anything of it when she wasn't around. As the days continued to go by with still no sign for her, suspicions grew. And when somebody finally discovered her body later in the month, they actually suspected her boyfriend was the one that killed her. Despite they, the fact they had a witnesses who reported seeing Linda get into a van the day she disappeared. Well, husbands and, and, and boyfriends. Right. Are- 
the the spouse or significant other is always the first right. suspect. And they figured that the circumstantial evidence they had against the boyfriend had more substance to it than this witness testimony. So he, because he had actually physically assaulted her before, it was nothing for them to jump to the conclusion that he actually killed her. Okay, makes sense. Which so. I can kind of see. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Now, Gallego, on the other hand, was getting braver and his cooling off periods were getting shorter and shorter. Very typical. Which happens. Yeah. Yes. It's That's... like the first time you use drugs, you like, it's a euphoric feeling. And then you yep. keep using more and more to get that feeling back and you never do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he had, and Charlene actually drank themselves silly during the day on July 16th. Okay. Wait of a minute. 1980. Isn't she knocked up? Has that stopped a lot of women? All right, well, fetal alcohol poisoning. Good job there, Charlotte. Yeah, fetal alcohol syndrome. Fucking really good job there, sweet cheeks. So they drank themselves silly during the day. And on July 16th of that year, 1980, that night they drank even more at a place called The Sale Inn, a small bar in West Sacramento. Okay? Since he had been drinking quite a bit that day, he was even more belligerent that night. Go figure. Yeah. I don't know why alcohol calms people, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he didn't even seem to notice the bar. It seemed like he didn't even notice a bartender named Virginia Mochel. Mochel? M-O-C-H-E-L? I'll go with Mochel. Yeah, because Michael, or, well, that's why I went with Mochel, but whatever. However, when the bar closed down, he told Charlene he wasn't ready to go home. They stayed around the parking lot, and when Virginia got done locking up and came out to the out of the bar, Gallego forced her into the van using his trusted 357. However, instead of heading toward the highway like they normally do, oh, he drove home. Well, hey, home is where the heart is, right? Yeah, well, like I said, careless. But um, when they got home, Charlene went inside the house to watch television, and he proceeded to rape Virginia repeatedly. Well, there's probably something good on TV. Like Price is Right or something. Gilligan's Island. Boy. Yeah, it could be Gilligan's Island. <laughs> okay. A little rerun action. You know, no, yeah. no, some good times. When he did everything he wanted to do, he came back and told Charlene to get in the van and drive. As she did, he strangled Virginia to death. So, yeah, there's the escala- escalation right there. It's, you know, getting very much more personal. Very much more. Uh, they unceremoniously dumped her body just outside of Clarksburg, and he celebrated his 34th, 34th birthday the following day. I actually don't know where Clarksburg is. But anyway, go ahead. I, well, I don't either. But the fact that he did, I mean, first of all, he's breaking from the norm because he took her to his house. And happy birthday to me. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. Second of all, he broke the norm because he just dumped her on the side of the road as opposed to burying her or, you know, taking her off somewhere and secluding her. Right. And that's, that comes with being complacent. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to take a puff of my puffer because usually Scott has more to say. I'll just say that. Okay, so Virginia was actually a devoted mother of two small children. And when she was reportedly missing, the police took her disappearance disappearance very seriously. Yeah, because that breaks her norm. Exactly. Some of the customers from Sale Inn told them that a man by the name of Stephen... Steven had been in the bar with his girlfriend, Charlene, the previous night. So 
you know, like I said, he was more belligerent, so well, that information time didn't out, come out. Time out, time out, Is Charlene his fucking girlfriend or his wife? Because you said that they had gotten married. I did. I, I, you know, I was going to gloss over it, hoping you wouldn't catch on until a little later. But no, they did get married. Okay. And they even got married under the name Phil. Oh, Phil, yeah, I remember that. However, yeah. when they went out, she was only his girlfriend or his sister. That's messed up. Okay. Well, yeah. no, that's so that other people think he was available. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's just messed pretty, up, but since. Pretty makes fucked sense. up, man. I mean, okay. I'd be pissed off if I had a wife that said, oh, <laughs> I'm just his uh, sister. Yeah, but he's, she's he, ar- he already abuses her. He already makes her do all this shit. He's, she's going to let him do whatever the fuck she wants. She's enjoying it, please. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, dun, dun, dun. What the fuck yeah. are you doing over there? Anyways, authorities, I was training my batteries. Authorities track Gallego down at his new bartending job, and he freely admitted to being at the San Lin that night. But he stated he knew nothing about what could possibly have happened to Virginia. Charlene, of course not. Okay. Charlene gave a similar responses when she was questioned, but she also threw in that they had been fishing that day. Why is that important? Because when Charlene's body was finally recovered, her hands were tied with a fishing line. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, Charlene, so, you get dumber and dumber. Well, yeah, there, so sugar basically tips. she just gave them a clue that they had withheld from the press. Ah, damn. Gerald, you're a scumbag. Like Mary Bell sh- with the scissors, right? But Charlene, Jesus Christ, man. You gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You should have just walked held. away and ran. Yeah, exactly. You should I don't know. I'm just a dumb blonde. I, yeah. Believe me, stupidity goes a long way. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. The detective even said, you know, they didn't think anything of it because they were just questioning people who had been at the bar. But when she said that, they were like, why would she even mention that? Well, exactly. Because yeah, it's not like they said, well, what were you doing earlier that day? She just voluntarily gave them the information. By the way. We were fishing, so, you know, in case you find somebody with that's tied up with fishing line, um, um, it's not us. It's, it's not us. We, we used it on our fishing rods. Yeah, we were mm-hmm. just fishing, so it couldn't be us. Dumbass. Yeah, apparently this seemingly little coincidence wasn't substantial enough, though, to hold against the couple, and the investigation turned cold. No, and it makes sense, I mean, because a thousand Exactly. Fish all How the many time. people, I mean, especially, you know, back then, people went fishing all the time. And people had fishing line. Okay. It wasn't long before things started to spiral out of control, though, which happens, especially when you have a duel. Oh, yeah. When you have the duel, because, I mean, I don't remember who said it best, but uh, two people can keep a secret if one is dead. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, even though Gallego was quick to raise a fist to Charlene, he became even more violent than usual. That's part of the escalation, though. Yes. In September of 1980, she actually moved out and moved back in with her mom and dad. Good move for Charlene. He actually, and then he tried to rekindle a relationship with a prior love interest, so he actually left town for a little bit. So they separated. Good. Yeah. Okay, so Charlene has half a brain cell left. All right. Cool. Okay, but, yeah. Anyways, by November, he came back and Charlene agreed to meet up with him. But... (sighs) Statistics show that an abused woman will leave a total of seven, seven times, times. Yeah. before she leaves for good. Fuck. You I have was to hoping... remember she was abused. 
I dig that, but I'm also remembering that, like, prior to the drugs and everything, she was fairly intelligent. And you would think that maybe some brain cells fucking, ex- you know, like, But after held he beats out. her down and beats her down and beats her down, she doesn't have the self-esteem anymore, Scott. I will, I will side with her for a second here. For a second. Are you ready? Go ahead, because I'm over here frustrated. Go for it. Because okay. then I'm going to rip whatever you say apart. So lay it on me. Okay. By November 1st, on November 1st, when he came back and wanted to meet with her, they told her parents they were going out for dinner and then planned to go see a movie. And they borrowed Char- Charles and Mercedes' Oldsmobile. Right there alone. Right there alone. Let me tell you something. Charlene already knows what Gerald is about. Yes. And now she's you're, implicating her parents. Yeah. You're going to borrow your parents' car mm-hmm. because you know, you know, Charlene, you know what his proclivity you do. is, what he's going to be out so for. So he's asking you to go to a dinner and a movie, which should have been code for, I want you to help me find two more love slaves. Yeah. Totally. And now you're going to bring your parents into this bullshit? Mm-hmm. Good job. Yeah. Excellent job. Yeah. Instead of going to dinner. But your freaking parents are proud yeah. of you. <laughs> instead of going to dinner as they planned, they went out and got drunk instead. Oh, now, shocker. it didn't take Gallego long to inform her he was ready to capture some more love slaves. So they drove the vehicle around as he looked through the crowds at the shopping malls they went, they went to looking for the perfect victims. He was take it was taking him a while to find someone, and she realized that the longer they were out on the prowl, the more dangerous it was, and she wanted to give up. But duh, yeah, and just go home for the night. However, he wasn't listening to her, and in the early morning hours of November second, he demanded that she stop the car at Arden Fair, which was a popular shopping center. Excuse me. I- I have heartburn really bad. And when she saw who he had his sights on, she was shocked. It was a man and a woman, as opposed to the two young girls he had always chosen before. Okay, now I'm interested because now this is a little change up here if he's raping men, too. Okay. She was also shocked that they were not as young as he preferred. They were actually college age. Okay, now I'm confused because this is kind of going... Well, because the two women he killed before... I mean, because he didn't kill them both at the, pick him and kill them both at the same time were older women. And now he's going into college-age couples. Yeah, this is... I'm not seeing that it's... it's more of, because it's more of a... With a man and a woman, even if he didn't rape the man, there's still that danger involved because now he has to, like, kind of subdue a man and a woman. I'm kind of I'm, I'm processing this in my head because it's it's stepping. Yeah, usually the mo doesn't change that drastically. That's what I was thinking. This is a kind of a big leap, mm-hmm. you know, because the only thing I could think of is maybe he his confidence in his or his arrogance. We can go with that that he could take on two people. Doesn't matter if it's man or woman. He gets what he wants. And type it doesn't of matter a thing. how old they are. Ah. <sighs> I'm going to have to process that one. So go I ahead. know, because I'm actually, I'm still processing it because I'm still confused, but whatever. Um, 
once he she pulled over the car, he got out and approached this man and woman. It was Craig Miller and Mary Elizabeth Sowers holding a twenty five caliber handgun. So he went from his three fifty seven back to a twenty five. Why are you downgrading, man? Yeah, like why, for real, dude? Why? Do you think a little p shirt is gonna scare them? No, twenty five wouldn't scare me. But hey, go ahead. Yeah, well, um, when the younger couple noticed how drunk he was, they. <coughs> thought if they complied with his demands, he would be less likely to harm them. Okay? He thought, I guess they thought he was just going to rob them, but why take them if he was? Oh, exactly. Yeah. So when a frat brother of Craig's leaned into the window of this vehicle and asked that they were doing, these, this couple didn't even alert him that they were in danger. Jesus. Is everybody there stupid? Okay, but wait a second. Charlene herself panicked and yelled at the man in yelled at the man who was in the window and drove away rather abruptly. So he thought it was odd you think? and wrote down the license plate number as she raced away. Yeah, duh. Way to draw suspicion. You didn't even have to say he thought that was odd because anybody would everybody who the fuck leans in and goes, Hey, you know, what are you guys doing? And then it's not even the, the lady behind the wheel goes, oh, oh, no, and drives the fuck away. That's not normal in yeah. any situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, and during the time, unless they said something like, geez, it, it's the fuzz. <laughs> I, I'm glad you laughed at that because that's actually that that comes from a story that my dad told me. Oh, OK. Yes. <laughs> And I'm, what the I, fuck? I've been trying to inject as much levity into these as I can. Yeah. No, I agree you, Because uh, Sig still is killing me. But uh, when my dad first started truck driving, I can't remember where he was, but uh, he was he, he goes to take a, uh, a, a two-lane left turn, and he hits this guy's van. Okay. Conversion van, right? He's thinking, okay, the cops kind of show Conversion van. Was it these two? It might have been. Black guy gets out and goes... Boogie on, man. Boogie on before the fuzz shows up and takes off. <laughs> he was probably a pimp. Just say <laughs> I only say that because a really dear friend of mine who's no longer with us, he was a known pimp in Portland area, and that's something he would have said. If my dad was still alive, I would have him on the on at least one of the shows and tell him that story because he could do a better job. Boogie <laughs> on, man. Boogie on before the fuzz shows up. That's funnier shit. <laughs> okay, anyways... After she drove out out and around um, El Dorado County for a while, he ordered her to stop the car. That's when he made Craig get out of the car, at which point he fired three shots into his head. Well, at least it was quick. Yeah. It's better than, you know, I, I don't condone that Craig had to die, but at least it wasn't like the girl. So, Craig, if you're up there listening to our podcast and yeah. on the other side, it could have been worse. Yeah, you need to take into consideration who this guy was and what he did, and you actually were one of the lucky ones. Yeah, you were lights out pretty yeah. quick. You didn't get beaten by yeah. a rock or a hammer. Or raped. Or, or raped or hit yeah. with a tire iron. Yeah, they and then they just left him there and returned to Gallego's apartment where he hauled Mary Beth into his bedroom and proceeded to rape her multiple times. And the whole time, what was Charlene doing? Probably watching TV. Yep. The price is right. Until he was done. And then she drove them both out to the country again. After he shot Mary, the couple returned to his place to get rid of the evidence. Okay. Now. All right. The next morning, when they returned to her parents' house, the cops were already there. 
So Gallego quickly took off, and Charlene was left to handle any questions the authorities had. That's, yeah, because he's a coward. Yeah. I got to, I, you know, I know that he's a badass serial killer, but honestly. He's a pussy. He, he's a total coward. Yeah. First of all, he's making her go get his victims. Yeah. And second of all, yeah, when it comes down to it, he has no guts. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute coward. Yeah. So go on. Yeah. Tell me more about this coward. No, well, anyway, well, I'm going to tell you more about her first. She told them she had been at a movie the night before and that they had actually been driving his red triumph. But wait, when they told her, dude, it's sitting right in front of your parents' house all night. She stated, oh, we were so drunk, I don't remember what car we were driving. Oh, my God. And the detective, dude, she had to drive into the park, into the garage or the driveway with the Oldsmobile, right? You would think, yeah. yeah. The detectives weren't satisfied with her response, but they left for the time being. For the time being. Okay. Okay. After leaving Charlene alone to deal with the police, he realized he didn't take any time to hide Craig's body. So he made the decision that it had to be moved before the police found it. Little did he know, someone had already found it. Yeah, think. Yeah. It's out in the open. Yeah. He and Charlene went to move it that very night, and it was nowhere to be found. That's when they realized it was time to run. Well, yeah, think, yeah. Yeah. They actually drove all the way to Reno before they abandoned the Oldsmobile and hopped on a bus headed for Salt Lake City. This Utah. is this is her parents' olds, right? I'm believing so. Because <clears throat> earlier you mentioned that they had an olds. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I remember watching a documentary. At this point in time, the police officer still thought his last name was Fail. <laughs> However, it was her parents that said, um, no, his, his last name was actually Gallegos. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get into it in my notes, but that's what was said to them. So the investigation in Sacramento was moving forward at a rapid pace, and the evidence was piling up. So, Because Craig's frat brother identified Gallego from a photo lineup as the man he saw with Craig and Mary Beth on the night in question. Now, Charles, Charlene's father, told the detectives, oh, it does say it told the detectives that Stephen's real name was Gerald Gallego, and they were able to match the bullets from Craig's body with those Gallego had fired from his gun into the ceiling of the bar he worked at. (laughs) Yeah. So when the couple arrived in Salt Lake City, Charlene called her parents and asked them to send her some money, which they did, okay, without notifying the authorities that they were doing it. So from Salt Lake, they went to Denver, Colorado, and then on to Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. When they arrived in Omaha, she called her parents asking for money again, and they agreed again to send her more. But this time, they informed the FBI of their actions. So when Charlene and Gallego walked into the Western Union office in Omaha, agents were waiting for them, and they actually surrendered without a struggle. Because he is a fucking coward. Yeah, and he's not going to go out death by cop like fucking Starkweather and a lot of those others did. Right. Yeah, exactly. Down in a hail of bullets like Bonnie and Clyde. So, once they were apprehended, Charlene was quick to strike a deal. The prosecutors were able to arrange for her to plead guilty to murdering Craig Miller and Mary Beth Sowers in exchange for her testimony against Gallego. She was sentenced to 16 years and eight months, which was the bare minimum they could sentence her to in, Colorado, in California for first-degree murder. 
Okay. <sighs> she managed to get a similar plea bargain in Nevada as well, where she pled guilty to second degree murder for Karen Twiggs and Stacy Redican, receiving the exact same sentence. Okay. Now, Oregon actually decided not to file charges since California and Nevada were already proceeding as it would just be an added expense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Which I knew you would agree with because the last episode we talked about Germany. Yeah, because of wasting all that goddamn time and money. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. Okay. Let's just say that the California authorities and, you know, the like law enforcement and stuff were not pleased with the plea bargain that the DA offered and they attempted to get it withdrawn. However, in late 1983, a Sacramento County Superior Court judge decided to just drop the charges against Charlene for the murder of Craig and Mary Beth. (laughs) And now, and since that was the case, since that case was off the table completely with her, they were able to begin the, begin the prosecution against Gallego. So the only, I think charges did it. Well, I'm just trying to understand something real quick. Um, so the really the only place that carried out charges was Nevada. Yes. Against her. So for Redican and I what were the names of the Redican and they were. um Yeah, Craig, whatever. Twigs. Karen Twiggs and Stacy Redican. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever. Okay. Now this is gonna get a little bit more convoluted. But anyways, as full of himself as he had been the entire time he was committing the crimes, he chose to act as his own attorney. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. You know what? Hold on. No. Time out. I said Charlene was stupid, and I'll stick by that. But, Gerald, you're not only a coward. You're a fucking idiot. You the take the cake. the person who defends himself for... As an idiot for a client. As an idiot for a client. Yes. Pretty much. So, let's go on here. The f- he made a lot of mistakes here. Okay? Well, you think he's not Besides a fucking attorney. That, it gets worse. I mean, it, he's just an idiot. The first mistake he made while defending himself was to defer his opening statement until the prosecution had given theirs. So they're able to lay out everything they have against him, and he hasn't even given his side yet. So the jury is hearing that first. I was going to say, people usually rely on, I believe it's called the syllogism method of reasoning, which is if the first three statements is true, Mm -hmm. then everything is true. So they're laying out facts. See, and I, because I followed a lot of court So cases. everything, it doesn't matter what the prosecution says right. at that point. They could have said, plus, he kidnapped cows from outer space. And right. they'd be like, hey, everything else was true. This must be true. Now, this asshole's going to get up there. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, what they're saying is li- a lie, okay? Because I'm just innocent in all of this. And I'd be like, mm, you're a lying motherfucker. That's probably what the hell not so much. Yeah, you're you're not so much. You yeah. can you can fuck off. You're you're guilty before we even convene to 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 discuss it. You're guilty. Right. Okay, but it gets a little worse for him. Oh, he Billy continued to damage this case even more when he chose not to cross examine Mercedes Williams, Charlene's mother, who actually was the prosecution's most effective witness. Yeah, so she's getting up there saying all this crap, and he doesn't even try to negate her testimony. (laughs) However, he did choose to cross-examine Charlene for six long, agonizing days. You want to know why? 
behavioral conditioning. Mm-hmm. She's already conditioned for the abuse. Mm-hmm. And if he can act in certain ways, maybe she'll change her testimony. Right. That's what I was thinking. That's too. exactly what it is right there. Yeah. Why? Because once again, because he's a coward. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. total friggin' coward. So when the prosecutors questioned Charlene, she would defend her lack of actions. She told them she was scared of Gallego, that he would beat her and threaten her on a regular basis, and she described how he would demand and keep all of the money she made, and anytime she would show doubt or displeasure towards anything, he would humiliate her and tell her she wasn't the girl with heart he thought she was. Oh, yeah. So when Gallego cross-examined her... He tried what he could to undermine her credibility. He offered into evidence a love note she wrote him after their arrest. He painted a picture of her being an unstable drug addict. After more questioning, he was even able to get her to admit under oath that she engaged in a lesbian affair while she was in jail waiting for the trial to begin. Who cares? All of that right there just destroyed anything he said. Okay, I was say, okay, every so fucking she kissed thing he the girl say. and she liked it. What does that have to do with what you fucking did? <laughs> That's freaking ridiculous. You know, and, and here's the thing. There's a reason why we have attorneys, okay? Mm-hmm. And here and here is it. Even if you're an attorney yourself and you're up on charges, you get another attorney because you need oh, yeah. that separation. Exactly. You don't want them to really be looking directly at you. While you're doing, yes, exactly, because him questioning her like that shows his abusive nature. Exactly. he's humiliating her on the stand. Exactly. Uh, he, he was guilty from the second that he, the, from, from the word go, and yeah. they knew that. But to do that, and not even, it's not even effective cross-examining, you know, that is just simply humiliating somebody. Right. And everybody in that gallery yeah. is going to be sitting there going, this guy is just a piece of work. Yeah, because he's not really undermining her testimony so much as... As demeaning her. Yeah, demeaning her, her in front down, of yeah. everybody, which they're seeing that's abusive, and which, they're going to side with her. Which is exactly what she said. It pro- He is literally proving everything that she mm-hmm. said is correct. Yeah. Okay. So on the sixth and final day of his trivial questioning, he got to the point. He finally got to his point. About fucking he time. He said, Mrs. Gallego... Isn't the bottom line of your deal to blame both these murders on me to save yourself? And she didn't hesitate when she said, no, it is not. Good. So she never wavered in her testimony. That is awesome. And you know what, Charlene, you just now gained points in my book, like honestly, for what it matters, because that is awesome. Yeah, don't fucking... Don't give up on that shit, Yeah, just when the people following the trial thought he could do nothing more to damage his own case, (laughs) he proved them wrong. He he Billy Mays them. But wait, there's more. Because I'm going to fuck myself even more here. Just hold on, guys. Yeah, (laughs) wait. He actually took the stand himself, which actually opened the door for... This is why they tell the defendant not to take the stand. Because the prosecutors, to catch him in the numerous inconsistencies he presented... And during his closing statement, he actually said to the jury that he had probably lost the legal batter, battle, but please don't find me guilty and believe, uh, as he said, but implored them to just believe him on faith alone, if nothing else. Oh so God. I know I lost here, but please believe me when I say I didn't do it. <laughs> Trust me, please. Hey, guys, you have all this evidence that screams out, mm-hmm. I did it. 
but just on faith alone, I'm a good guy. God, dude, yeah. you're a jackass. Right. That's what the hell you and are. And I actually you're a fucking say, jackass. I said, frankly, I guess you have to give this sick bastard some credit for actually having the balls even suggest such a thing. I was gonna say, I I, mm-hmm. I, I admire your closing argument. You got some brass balls to even go there. I admire the that intestinal but, fortitude. But dude, you're not the. Sh- I, I the, the the term is not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he gets this one right here. You're not the sharpest crayon in the silverware drawer. That's yeah, you're a couple you fucking nuggets short of a Happy Meal, buddy. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So and then of course the jury wasn't buying any of his bullshit, um, and returned a guilty verdict. And so on June twenty first, but it was like in ten minutes too. Yeah, but I don't. It doesn't say. But on June 21st in 1983, he was sentenced to death in the state of California and for the murders of Craig and Mary Beth. Good. Okay. Did they off now, him already? Just give me a minute. There's more, Scott. Okay, Billy Mays. Okay. With the trial in California over, he was sent to Nevada, where he faced even more murder charges for killing Stacey Redican, Karen Twiggs, Brenda Judd, and Sandra Coley. And Nevada does have the death penalty. Yes. Since, however, the bodies of Brenda and Sandra had not been found yet, so nobody could really tie him to those murders. They're just going off Charlene's testimony that he killed them. So the best evidence that the state had was the murder of Stacey and Karen. And Charlene helped them when she led them to a ball of macrame rope that was in Gallego's car. And the rope was an exact match to the rope that was used to bind the hands and bodies of these two girls. And I was actually able to find photos of when they found these two girls buried and how they were bound. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I will have them on the website, but I will also put a disclaimer that viewer discretion is advised. Charlene, I'm going to take back almost everything that I said about you. Good job. No, for real. For not wavering and for helping the cops uh, to put this monster away. Good, you know, good job. And I'm, I'm not even being fucking sarcastic. Yeah. Before he could even be brought to trial there, the county was afraid they weren't going to be able to afford the cost that would incur if they proceeded with full charges. A Sacramento news columnist went on to print a story about it and urged the public to contribute funds so the county could move forward. And they were able to raise more than $20,000, which made it the first murder prosecution in U.S. history to be partially funded by private donations. <laughs> I, yeah, I had to finish that sentence before you interrupted me, but yeah. Sorry. You know, you can occasionally look at me if you got to say something and go, hey. I know. That's why I go like this now. Oh, Stop. I didn't know that was a hand thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stop. I went like this. Stop. Oh. My bad. Stop me. Stop, Scott. <laughs> no means no. <laughs> so when his second trial began on May 23rd of 1984 in Pershing County, Nevada, he was a little bit smarter this time. He let his public defender handle the entire case. Oh, my God. He Gerald, learned a lesson. I'm so proud of you. You watched some Blues Clues a little early on. <laughs> you found a paw print and put it in your notebook and got in your thinking chair. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah. However, like the first trial, his strategy was to discredit Charlene's testimony, which it should be. If anybody who's up on trial, that's, that's what they need to do. That's what pros- our, uh, that's defenders, what defenders do. do. Yes, yeah, I get that. That's just their job. Okay. It, but I'm going to point out, that's the job of a real defender mm-hmm. and not the person being prosecuted. 
dumbass. Exactly, exactly. So she was the state's star witness, and she gave detailed accounts of the last hour Stacy and Karen were alive. Unfortunately for Gallego, his attorney didn't have any more luck than he did to sway the jury. You think? This time, they returned a verdict only two and a half hours after deliberation. That's because they took lunch, a long extended <laughs> lunch. After the sentencing phase of the trial, he was ag- once again given the death penalty, and he held the illustrious honor of being one of the few Americans to ever be sentenced to death row in two separate states simultaneously. He is his fucking father's son. <laughs> yep. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah. But exactly. That is nature, though, if you think about it, because his dad really didn't have that interaction with him, wasn't around. That's something that is naturally embedded yeah. into him. I mean, the, his dad was the first one to get the death chamber. I mean, the gas chamber. And he's the one of the few to be on death row in two states. Gee, many Christmas. Yeah. That's awesome. Usually if one state has already issued death, the other state won't. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, they're housed in that state where death row is and blah, blah, blah. I think the both states just looked at him and said, dude, you're just too stupid to live. We'll yeah. both agree on this. If you ain't going to... It, it, it just depends on where you're at. When we kill you, you can either be in Nevada well, see, or here. I, I thought it was interesting, too, because if one state ended up putting a moratorium or abolished the death penalty, the other state had that option and they could carry forward. Yeah, well, that's true. That's, that's what true. I was looking at. <laughs> However, neither of his death sentences would be fulfilled because he died of cancer while on death row in July on July 18th of 2002. See, okay. Nevada and California, disappointed in you again. He was convicted in the 80s. Yeah, in 1984. It's 2002, and he's still kicking? Y'all need to kind of step that shit up a little bit. Yeah, take a lesson from Texas. Texas. That dude should have been dead before the end of the 80s. Yeah. So, Charlene actually served out her full sentence on... Of 16 years and eight months in Carson City, Nevada. And when she walked out of that women's prison in 1997, she walked out a free woman. Now, she went back to going by Williams again and tried to settle into living a private life in Sacramento. Needless to say, she could not escape her notoriety very easily. Well, because, honey, honey, Miss Charlene... You're in Sacramento. That's where y'all kind of operated out of. Right. And I'll, and I'll move on to say this because I don't have it in my notes. But um, after she got out and everything, her son had actually enlisted in the military. And he was fighting in Afghanistan when he was killed. Oh, man. And when he was killed, there was a fund set up to help pay for his funeral and everything until somebody realized she was his mother. And then they thought it was just her way of getting more money. That's folks. That's pretty fucked up. Look, uh, her son had nothing to do with these killings. He didn't carry on a commit. He didn't commit crimes. Yeah. He didn't carry on Joined the military to make a difference and fight for his country. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a little Guys, that, upset that, about that. Extremely fucked up. Yeah. But in 2012, she actually agreed to speak to the media. When she did so, she expressed a great deal of remorse for being part of the crimes and insisted she did what she could to stop Gallego from doing what he did. And I actually have the video from that. Oh, fantastic. However, I have some final thoughts. Oh, please give them to me. Okay. I'll be completely honest. 
I'm torn. On one hand, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, due to the family he was born into, he would have been a career criminal at best. I agree. Okay. So it doesn't shock me in the least that he turned out to be a killer. Even without the long line of criminals in his family tree, the fact is it seems he was born into the life of crime with his parents he was cursed with. From the accounts that I've read, they didn't even make an effort to either be or find a positive influence in his life. On the other hand, my, I'm torn about Charlene. Part of me thinks she too was a victim of some sort, since other than the luring and the driving, she was not an active participant in the murders. Well, at least she didn't appear to be, because everything's her testimony. Okay? Okay, but uh, hold the, on. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, the other part of me wonders if she's just as guilty as Carla Homolka, and who was featured in episode seven, but she just happened to be smart enough not to document her involvement. I'm going to say that she didn't wasn't directly involved only because during the trial, I would think that Gerald would have pointed that out. Oh, that could be two. That could be that two. That would have been a number one. Well, wait a minute. You helped me rape these girls and kill these people. And it doesn't sound like he did that. Right. You know, right, but then, so... guy, then, then um, Bernardo didn't either. Bernardo didn't say, hey, we got a videotape proving you did. Well, that's because he knew that they were out. It, that's because he didn't want the, the videotapes to be Evidence against him. Yeah, that's okay. exactly it. I mean, seriously, if, if if you commit a crime with somebody and there's there's you, you have videotapes, you videotaped it, right? Mm-hmm. Are you really, in order to fuck the other person over, going to say, hey, we have a videotape. It proves it. No. Because either way, you're fucked. Okay. Why are you going to give them more ammo? Because okay. you, you go from being just a little bit fucked to where you go, okay, I've got like a, a slim chance to get out to having mm-hmm. a videotape. Where now, right. well, yeah, she might go down for it. But even if she goes down for it, it doesn't affect you. What affects you is what you did on that tape. True. True. Okay, yeah, because I was like, because I did say, I, I thought, I was wondering if you thought that she'd played the system even better than Homolka did. No, I don't honestly think that anybody's okay. played the system better than Homolka, and I stand by that 100%. And I think that Homolka is still, to this day, a threat and a danger. Oh, I do too. To anywhere she right. goes, whether it's in Canada, exactly. the U.S., doesn't matter. Anywhere. I think she is a threat. Yeah, yeah, because I... I agree with you on that one because we've talked about it off the air. That she's probably out there still doing some sort of nefarious, probably killing people. Yeah, I don't think or she Or at got, least fucking, you know. She didn't get rehabilitated. No, she I don't think so either. And then she got two kids, too, on top of that, and she's volunteering in schools. It makes me sick. I think that, honestly, she could possibly be the BTK, the female uh, version of BTK. Yeah. That's just me, though. And no. you know what? And th- this is when I will invite. Homolka, if you want to sue me, bring it on, sister. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take this one. He lives in definition. Vancouver. Live in Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> yeah, sweetheart. that's right. Just file the file the thing with Clark County. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'll, I'll take <laughs> we'll that. We'll give one it to you right 100%, now, Clark County. percent. Yeah, because I will stand by what the fuck I said. Yeah, with the research that I did, mm-hmm. deep into that, I will stand by that. She didn't get rehabilitated. She got smarter. Yeah, I believe you're right. Now I'm also confused here. As there doesn't seem to be any charges, at least that I could find, regarding the murders of Rhonda Scheffler and Kippy Voight, the first two victims. Oh, holy shit. Nothing was mentioned about them in anything I could find. That's fucked up and weird. Yeah. 
Because you would think if she's giving testimony, wouldn't she have included those two as well? You would think because we, if we have it in our information, it had to be mentioned somewhere. You would think, yeah. So I don't agree. And I don't agree with the fact that Oregon chose not to pro- press charges. And I'm not saying um, go through court. Right. But file the charges like Wyoming did with Alcala. Oh, yeah. In case anything happened, they had that option to extradite him back there instead of him getting out. True, but, you know, you got two states that are already prosecuting him, both that hold the death penalty. The chances of it falling through in both states, you know. That's true, too. That's But they didn't know he was going to get convicted before they decided not to file. Yeah, but you got both states after him, so that's got to be. I mean, odds are he's going to get convicted in one. In right? one of them, at okay. least. Yeah, okay. And it turns out, they. I think that that organ was in the... Uh, in the right for saving the money because once again efficiency because either way he's not slipping through the cracks and really what are you going to get out of it yeah besides a debt right and you know and i went on to say about the whole running kippy thing is that i'm not understanding why there was nothing done in their case especially since they were willing to move forward in nevada despite the fact that they still hadn't located the remains of brendan sandra yet that is kind of bizarre yeah huh. it's like nothing i mean and like, and I put in here. I'm, am I missing something? But obviously, you're missing it too. Uh, yeah, no, oh, now is another one I got to look into. God uh, damn yeah, it. that is bizarre because it has to be mentioned somewhere. Yeah, I would think so. But like I said, I couldn't find anything. But then I didn't dig through all the court records either. True, it could have been in the court yeah. records, and this is just what got exactly because it's harder for us to get court records than it is to get multiple articles and stuff like that I think on it's them. It's easier for us to get into prisons to interview people. Yeah, because court records is harder. And then there's so much of them that you would have to, you know, dig through to find even a leaf of, you know, even yeah. a scrap of information. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, because I'm in the process of trying to get court records on something else right now. And it's not that easy. No, no, no. Because you have to tell them which ones you want and everything. And, you know, if you want them all, it's even more. And I was actually surprised that uh, with our liaison for a certain court system or for the yeah that it's like yeah hey no problem man yeah and you that, can't do this but you can do this. you can do this but to get a court record you gotta sit there and you mm-hmm. sprinkle some magic dust and do yeah. a voodoo chance yeah because they'll say okay do you want this stuff or do you want this stuff <laughs> and it's hard because you like well i don't know what do i want what do you why don't you tell me what's the best thing to get send it all to me we can't do that yeah well they can but it'll take a long time and yeah. it costs a lot more money yeah exactly but um so that's all i have on these two but like i said it was a convoluted it was very convoluted and i was confused on why they would call them sex slaves or love slaves because to me that means prolonged you know like servitude i guess is the best way and to put it i can understand that but think of the minimalization yeah. So you you call him a sex slave, which indicates long term. Okay, mm-hmm. that means that you're kind of taking the murder aspect off the table, even though you intend to murder him. Right. So it's minimizing right there, right? Then mm-hmm. you change it to love slave. Think about it. Love is a very passive word. It is very. It's you know? often overused, but yes. yeah. Um. So that once again that minimizes mm-hmm. the actual action that you're doing. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, um, I think that in a lot of ways, Charlene was was dumb. 
Yeah. But in a lot of ways, she was a victim. I mean, if- yeah. I mean, because I know what it's like to be to for I mean, not myself personally when I was an adult, but I saw my mom go through it. Well, OK, well, think of it this way as well. You know what he's about, right? Yes, very much so. so you know, he's not afraid to kill somebody. You. After the first killing, you up and leave. Mm-hmm. What's keeping him from coming and getting you? Exactly. Like I said, he, you know he's capable of killing somebody. He can kill yeah, you. So there's a lot of fear going on mm-hmm. in there, which is typical of, of anybody who's abused. Mm-hmm. A lot of fear. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Which, you know, is one of the reasons why when my mom left my dad, even though he wasn't abusive to me, he was abusive to her and my sister. She cut off all ties. Yeah, and with sense. their friends and everything, so nobody, he couldn't even find out where she was. And her family was under strict orders. If he asks you where I'm at, you know nothing. Oh. I just disappeared. Like uh, uh, Michael Bear's uh, first wife. First wife and daughter, yes, yeah, exactly. They exactly. Ghosts, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, there is a lot of that. So I do see the fact that she was a victim, too. But I was just, you know, because the only reason why I brought up Hamolka is because Hamolka herself was abused by Bernardo to the point where he practically, I mean, I saw the pictures of her face. That was later on in the relationship, though. Oh, that's it true. It didn't start that's off true. that way. No, I'm going to stop no, you right I, there. No, I said that's that, true. That twat, yeah. that filthy fucking twat mm-hmm. started off with her own sister, with Bernardo. Yeah, playing into a sick fantasy. Right. And now, granted, she got abused afterwards, but you know what? You know what? You know what, sugar tits? You knew it was coming. You started off with your own freaking sister and fed into that sick yeah. fantasy, and then you're surprised that he beats the shit out of you. Yeah. You know what? You deserved it. And you know what? I really hope you get more because yeah. you just. And I hope nobody God, ever disgusting. leaves her alone. Don't ever leave her alone. Follow that Facebook page. If you know where she's at, post it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I just. Reading that, and like like we were touching, and now if anybody's just jumping into our series and finds this one, goes, why is he so mad at no, Hamolka? No, listen to episode seven, and I will link it in this too, because it is very vital to, for you to understand what we're talking about, because it's not like we're just being mean. No, and, and I'll mean, reiterate, I can't stand my brother Phil. Yeah. However, if somebody wanted to rape him, Oh, and yeah. you wouldn't, me to drug you him. wouldn't fucking leave I, the no, door but, open for him or break a window so somebody could get in. Exactly. You know, I would still protect my brother. Yeah. Even if somebody wanted to whoop his ass. Which has happened. I've protected him. Yeah. You'd be like, you know what? Weapons. I'll whoop your ass myself, but nobody else is going to. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's actually a good point. I will knock the crap out of my brother, but nobody else is going to knock yeah. the crap out of him. Right. And I've said it before, too, with my brother and sister, even my uh, oldest brother, who I didn't know most of my life. If anybody, like, even says something derogatory towards them, I'm like, no, dude, that's fucked up. Don't talk about them that way. And mainly because, A, you didn't live with them. You don't know what they're really like. I did. I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> right. But you got Homolka, just to kind of recap so you guys don't think I'm just being a total dick, calling her sugar tits and a cunt and everything else, or twat or whatever no, I called she her. No, she's everything and then some. She drugged her freaking sister because he, she wanted yeah. to give Twice. Bernardo her virginity for Christmas. And then... She killed, they killed her. Yeah, they tortured her and killed her. Yeah, while her parents slept in the same house. Yes. And then Don't sit there and fucking judge me for what I'm saying about Homolka. And then videotaped it and had the nerve to leave a picture of themselves in the little girl's casket. Yeah. 
to basically so she could be with them for eternity. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if you're if you're if you're sitting right there listening to me bitch about Hamalk and you're judging me, don't fucking judge me. Yeah. Take a big guy. Yeah, and then back. I mean that was just a recap. Like I said, listen to episode seven. It's even worse. There's, there's certain killers we do that just piss me off. Mm-hmm. Sig is one of them. And, Price and, and Price Hamulka. And Hamolka sits at the goddamn top of that heap. Yeah. But Sig runs as close, close. Well, and I think Hamolka so much because it was her own sister. Yeah. And she knew what he wanted to do. And she freaking broke a window so he could get in and rape her. And yeah. then helped him torture her. And raped her herself. I mean, was actively involved in the rape herself. Yeah, it's just so. Ugh, yeah, so that people. does take it to a whole new level. Exactly. Jesus so, Christ! But that's all I have. Well, that and I'm actually good. curious. I would like people to give us their comments and suggestions. You know, fill out the form on the website that I'll have because I want to hear other people's input on this one. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, they're probably going to say Scott's an asshole because he's bitching about her uh, off and on. But yeah, yeah, whatever. There you go. You know, whatever. You'd bitch about them, too, if you had to dig in like we did. Yeah, if you saw the shit that we did. Anyway, we're going to wrap this one up. This has been Brutal Nation. Remember that you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com or go to www.twistedbluellc.com and check out the other podcasts that we have. Also, help out the show a little bit by clicking the, uh, if you got a shot from Amazon like everybody else does. Yeah. Help us out a little bit. It helps the show when you actually click on the link to Amazon. From right, our and it page. doesn't cost you anything extra. Yeah, it's just same. It just helps us out. Um, this is copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Bye everybody.